Fish B over there on the base. Hi, Fish B. I can tell by your erection that you're feeling peculiar and ready to have some fun, and I appreciate that. Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back. Sincerely glad you're here every Monday through Thursday, like clockwork. We never miss. It's kind of our thing. Social media, not so much. Podcast, pour our heart and soul into it till there's nothing left. Uh, yeah, we can. Uh, we can do that for you. So I guess Tony Fauci is retiring. And from the NIH, at least. He, he's like 100 years old. He's worked in the government forever. He's done a lot of good work. Tony Fauci. But right-wing GOP media, desperately during COVID, needed to create a straw man because they couldn't get mad at President Trump. So who are they going to get mad at? Who are they going to focus all their ire and disdain and displeasure towards it all went towards one guy. They called him the patron saint of, of Wuhan, and they called him a dictator, and every insulting thing you can say about a doctor who does research and offers advice to the public. Tony Fauci by himself literally has zero power to do anything. He could make recommendations, and people with actual power can implement actual policy. All Fauci could ever do is make recommendations and do research. That's all he could do. But he had to be vilified. He had to be the worst person in the history of the world. Lock him up. Throw him in jail. He's terrible. So last night, I'm, you know, I'm watching Tucker Carlson and smoking weed like a good boy. Actually, that's not true. I think I might have had an edible last night. But, but, but I'm watching a little talker. And the Tony Fauci retiring thing, yeah, yeah, that's a story. Is it, is it worthy of 20-plus minutes of lead on Tucker Carlson? And when Tucker Carlson spent years attacking Tony Fauci? And while I'm watching this thing unravel, just Tucker just losing his shit over Tony Fauci as he, you know, has done many times in the past. I think I kind of started to figure Tucker Carlson out. I think he really revealed exactly who the fuck Tucker Carlson is. It, it really offered amazing insight as to what generates that engine. What is the gasoline that makes Tucker Carlson go? What was the... The impetus, he didn't have anything new to say. Everything he said about Tony Fauci, he had said before. If you have an original thought, if you have something new to bring to the table, if you have something fresh for your audience, fucking go for it. Tucker didn't have that. It was just an insult, chop suey salad, throw it all in there, just everything in the fridge, get it out and go for it. We're just going to do it for 20 minutes, and it's just going to be this dick, disc, excuse me, discombobulated mess and mass of insults. That's all it was. And I'm like, what? This is, I'm confused. I'm confused. What is going on here? And then, right before they go into the commercial break for fruits and veggies and the Kid's Guide to Trump, and of course, the uh, My Pillow Empire. Tucker Carlson wants you to go to tuckercarlson.com and buy Tony Fauci mugs that make fun of him. 
They call them like the patron saints and all these different things. And so the reason Tucker Carlson went batshit on Tony Fauci, it was his last day to sell mugs. That's it. That's who he is. He's a fucking mug salesman when you get right down to it. And you always got to take these folks with a grain of salt. You always got to remember this. They don't get paid to be right. They get paid to be entertaining. They do tabloid shit, and they don't give a fuck. But if I'm going to attack Fox News, which I don't love to do, I... My politics are rather centrist. I'm a ruthless pragmatist, if anything. I'll take a moment to... uh, You ever watch Nicole Wallace on MSNBC? She knows a lot about politics. I mean, she she was in the game for a long time. She's she's wicked smart and understand how politics in Washington, D.C. and the media works. Oftentimes, her show is very insightful. Other times, it's kind of boring, but I like to check in from time to time. I like Nicole Wall. She seems cool. But she's recently gotten married, like within the last six months. And the person she married writes for the New York Times and is a frequent guest on her show. His name, his name is Mike Schmidt, is what people call him. His full name in the newspaper is Michael K. Schmidt. So Michael K. Schmidt of the New York Times who's also Nicole Wallace's husband, and she just introduces him as blah, blah, blah from the New York Times. Never says, you know, full disclosure, uh, that this is my husband. And I understand that, that that's kind of strange. I understand that's an editorial decision. But also, at the same time, I, ju- I just wish... One time, she would introduce, you know, from the New York Times, Michael K. Schmidt, the man who tapped it so good this morning, my teeth turned whiter. And I don't know what that means, but it sounds like an incredible sexual compliment. And then also introduces him as my son's awkward new stepdad, Michael K. Schmidt. (laughs) And And then she goes even a step further on the thing. Because I, I don't know if he's, uh, if he's FaceTiming in or he's Zooming in or whatever the fuck, you know, WebEx is by Cisco is CNN, but whatever the fuck, Skype, whatever he's doing. He's not at the New York Times and he's not in a TV studio. He's from a house, but the house he's in, he's in, he's in this white room. There's nothing in it. It's just white, except for like some permanent white shelving behind him that are also completely empty. I have no factual data, but I will bet you one American dollar that where he is is his old house where all his shit is gone because now it's at Nicole Wallace's house, but he he has to go over there to fucking zoom into her show because zooming in from her house would be weird. Just once, just once, Michael K. Schmidt, the man who tapped it so good this morning, my smile just, there's a reason I'm this effervescent. We, we just got back from our 
honeymoon cruise through the Caribbean, and let me tell you, this guy's tongue is magic. <laughs> just, uh, just one time, just one time, Nicole Wallace, please, 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 please. What else is going on in the world? I only have 15 minutes. I don't know what this means, but I... I'm following the, the Brittany Griner in Russia story pretty closely. And as each day goes by, I get more concerned. But every day that goes by, she also gets uh, one, one day closer to coming home, I suppose. But apparently, former NBA great and NBA legend, friend of Kim Jong-un, go North Korea, uh, Dennis Rodman, like raised his hand with all his nose piercings and, and said, I think I can get Brittany Griner. I don't know why he thinks he can do that, but he's he's volunteered his services for the good of the group and the good of the globe to go over there and fucking get her. I don't know how that's going to work. I think the uh, the the fictional cast of, of, of Stranger Things and their Russia plot has a better chance of getting getting her out. I would I, I would leave that to the pros like Bill Richardson, the former governor of New Mexico when he worked in the Clinton administration. This is kind of his deal. He, he does prisoner swaps. He gets people out. I have no factual data, but I think he has the ability to, since he's not negotiating on behalf of the government and he can never say this out loud. But I think there's, um, imagine some, uh, some shell companies set up in the Cayman Islands that, that are really nothing but a bank account with a bunch of fucking money in them. You can sweeten the deal. Can I interest you in uh, one billion dollars? I mean, it's not that, but... Just, uh, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I went to my... Uh, psychiatry appointment today. I do that on Tuesdays. That was hilarious, but that's confidential. I will, I will share this though. It was, uh, it was the best laugh I've had since, uh, since Isaiah left. So that was fun. My son, Isaiah, um, this has never happened to her before and it's never happened to me talking to a doctor, but but her Apple Watch, like, like, it, like at the perfect place in a conversation, Surrey out of nowhere goes, I don't understand. It was just, it was, I, the retelling of the story is not so good. I guess, I guess you had to be there. I guess, but it was, uh, uh, it, uh, it, certainly, uh, it certainly brought a smile uh, uh, to my face. I told you last night that, that I would watch the, uh, the, the Game of Thrones spinoff on HBO Max. And I don't want to spend a, a ton of time on it because uh, most people don't have HBO Max. I thought it was... Uh, what, what's, the, what's the meh emoji? That's, that's, that's how I feel. M-E-H. Meh. You know, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay. And I guess being okay is okay. It's only one episode in. I'll watch episode two. 
but it'll never capture the, you know, the zeitgeist of pop culture the way the original Game of Thrones did when it, you know, became just a, just a phenomenon. It's not that. It's not that. And I think yesterday I may have said, I'm not sure why you should make a show and make all the characters ugly. I don't think, they're not, it, I, I want to clarify here. Uh, uh, the actors themselves are not bad looking people. They're fine-looking people. They're thespians. They're actors. Uh, but, but for this role, uh, apparently, uh, the people of this particular kingdom or whatever the fuck, I, I get lost in it. I'm not sh- I don't read the books. I don't even read fiction books. I get, I get confused. I only read nonfiction books. But apparently, true to the book, like everyone is, is like some kind of albino-looking person with like violet eyes and strange... And I don't know if the... If they're trying to make some statement about how uh, lack of diversity in gene pool makes for mediocre-looking people, I, I don't. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're trying to be true to the book and you know offend all the people that are fans of George R. R. Martin or something. But I don't know. Not everybody's terrible looking, in it. Yeah, there, there's there, there's some handsome fellas, but I don't. Uh, I'm not sure. I, don't, I, I think you can be true to the book and not make everyone look terrible. But you know, what do I know? That's um, that, that's that that's slightly outside uh, my area of expertise. The show that I love, and I'm, I think I'm I've never even met another person that watches it, let alone likes it. But if you were like a homeland fan, homeland fan, excuse me. If I could, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This podcast would be so much easier if I was just, just a little bit better at talking. But I recently uh, I had to purchase a new Apple product, and I didn't realize it came with a, a few complimentary months of, of Apple TV, which I've had before and then didn't have, and now just got. But there's, the, there's this spy series, and there is some English, and it's also a lot of subtitles that takes place in the Middle East. It's called Tehran. And the first season was was just fucking wonderful. I mean, it, it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, season two is now completely done. Uh, so, so I I'm much more uh, geeked out in uh, uh, the possibilities of watching that and enjoying that than uh, than anything involving dragons and CGI. Just between you and I. So, holy fuck, we're out of time. Just about. You ready to? Uh, <laughs> Do something about that erection fish bee and say adios. This is really kind of the most explicit we've ever been. In Apologies to Nicole Wallace, and we wish her nothing but happiest with Michael K. Schmidt. Say adios, fish bee. <laughs>